This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tasting. We are excited to have you back with us today after another week-long break and a good, fun experience with the Captain Porter Brown Stout from Beer Vengers. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun to have him on last week, and I'm really excited to kind of see... Uh, any more kind of fun stuff that we can do with them because they're a, they're a great group over there at the Beer Ventures. Yeah, they got lots of great beer in New York City that we can't get here. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, Evil Twin. I mean, it was so sad to find out that Evil Twin is not in Arkansas anymore. That's right. It was one of my favorite stout yeah. companies. Oh, yeah. Anyway. And sometimes they have a tap takeover. I remember one they did. Yeah, they would do. Well, they did one at Superior, and I think they did one at uh, Lost 40, maybe. Yeah. But anyway... We digress. So we're doing liquor this week. Dad, what are we doing this week? We're doing Japanese whiskeys. Japanese whiskeys. It's going to, this is, I'm excited. I'm very excited for this one. What are you doing as your Japanese whiskey and your snacks, Dad? Tenjanku. And it's a blended. It's 40%. And then, you want to hear my snacks or you want to tell us your whiskey? No, go ahead and tell us what you're, what you're pairing okay. with. Okay. I've got sushi, which... I hope you're brave enough to try one. I might. Yeah. And then a Canberra pastry. And then grilled steak. Okay. So in your Canberra, you, it's a baked. It's a baked yeah, Canberra, right? Yeah, I baked it. Okay, cool. And I am doing the Hayabiki Japanese Harmony Whiskey from Suntory Whiskey. And for my pairings, I'm doing some pistachios, oh, yeah. some ponzu ribs, and then an orange vanilla creme brulee. All right. Bring out the ribs again. You know, it's three, three weeks in a row we've had <laughs> we've had ribs pairing. If you can't tell, it's, you know, barbecue it's, season. It's barbecue season. So, Moral day, you know. Right. And then, you know, another, another creme brulee. Good dessert. It's flexible. And um, I'm really excited. So excited for this. Because I've tried the, the high beaky. I tried it a couple, a couple days ago before we recorded this, and I was absolutely blown away. All right. So, Dad, last week we did a beer blind with uh, Captain Porter Brown Stout, the captain. Oh, that's and right. He, uh, he kind of helped you out a good bit to uh, to get to your answer. Do you remember what you what you called our beer last week? I called it a cider. I never could uh, nail down whether it was apple or orange. At one point, I said citrus and then later you kind of helped me along and said no no it's not citrus tree fruit tree fruit <laughs> and uh but but it was definitely a cider because i you know there was no malt and you know there was no hops there were no you know no head to it or any of that stuff so actually what was it josh well you actually got it 100 percent correct it was the sam smith's organic cider which is a really, really good cider. It's more of that dry, dry style of cider that's done over in Europe as compared to kind of the sweeter styles. And it is actually with organically grown apples. Oh, okay. All right. Well, so good job. There you go. You and the captain kind of uh, whittled that one down well, and you were able to figure it out. No, you did a lot of it. He was ready to jump in there with a guess, he said. Yeah. Because so. he could see the color and he, he knew it wasn't... Uh, I guess beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, cider is a brewed beverage, so yeah, it is. it's still considered a beer. All right, let's go. Ahead. Are you ready to go ahead and dive into our whiskeys? I am. Great. So i I'm gonna go. We're gonna do mine first, 
And once again, I'm doing the Hayabiki Japanese Harmony from Suntory Whiskey. And one of the first things that, you know, we may need to talk about when it comes to whiskey Mm -hmm. in coming from Japan is its spelling. Well, ah, (laughs) now I think we talked about this in one of those first episodes, What's Up With The E? And Japan doesn't have an E. J-A-P-A-N. So, whiskey is spelled without an E. Yeah, and... Now, I don't know what the Scots think about this, but (laughs) it's kind of strange, but it's okay. Yeah, it is kind of strange. And, you know, some of it just came, initially came from different different vernaculars and different, you know, traditional words that came out to be whiskey. But when I was doing my research when it came to Suntory, is they wanted to, the Japanese culture is so tradition-based. Mm-hmm. They're so traditionally mm-hmm. based. And they were doing, they were hearkening back to the tradition of whiskey from Scotland. Mm-hmm. So when they first did it, they decided to go without the E. Which is which was their original reasoning okay. for it. So um, let's go ahead and get into. You think that so you're saying they started with Scotch whiskey? So before they started making their own, I'll get into that. Um, oh, okay. let's go ahead and kind of get an initial smell and taste, right. and that, and I'll kind of tell that story of of whiskey in Japan. So your whiskey is a amber, and it's darker than mine, and we'll talk about that. But it's still very light. It's still very light, I you know. It's about the same color as the creme brulee. Pretty close. Yeah. So it has that really kind of like le- yellowy, orangey, oranginish to it. And it doesn't have a whole, I can't, I can't detect a whole lot of smoke if there is any. Right. It's very, it's very clean smelling. And it's got some nice legs. Um, ABV 40, I'd guess. Yeah, 43. 43? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, it's got a good nose. And this is unbloomed, by the way. It is a blend? It, well, it is a blend, but we are tasting and smelling this unbloomed. That's correct. Yeah, so this is, this is a blended and non-age designated whiskey. I want your initial thoughts before I start talking. I don't want to well, taint what you're... Because you, this is the first time you've ever had it, right? That's correct. So it's creamy. That's my first impression. Yeah. Second impression, it tastes hot. Okay. Now that forty three, that's not that hot, Mm-mm. but I I seem to get get the hotness from it, and then the nose. There's some floral, but it's hidden back back in the back somewhere. If I had one word to describe this whiskey, it would be nuanced. Nuanced. Yes. All the flavors and everything are so well blended together and work together so well to create just this taste. Mm-hmm. That it's very difficult to pick through. Okay. Like it's very subtle. Okay. And that's why I'm saying nuance. So when I taste this through, I get a light floral. Like mm. a very, very light very jasmine. Light. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's in the background. But I get a lot of honey and I get citrus. Mm-hmm. And I get a little bit of nuttiness to it. So I don't really get the citrus. I do get the honey for sure. And the nuttiness... It's pretty light too. Like I said, everything is there, but it's in like, and that's why I'm saying like, you have to pick through it. You really got to dive into this one to kind of figure it out. That may be one of the pistachios will go well with it. Well, yes. So you hope. Pistachios, lightly salted pistachios are one of the things we have. And that's kind of that nutty, but pistachio is also very meaty. 
Mm-hmm. A very mm-hmm. meaty one. Earthy. And when I... <laughs> so... Now, let's talk about the pairings again. And I need, I need to get the order because I think there would be a distinct order. I know the dessert would be last. Right. So we're no, st- we could do dessert first. Well, we can always do dessert first. Yeah, but we're going to start with the pistachio and then go to the ribs and then oh, okay. jump down to it. Okay. Now, these ribs I actually bought from a local sushi restaurant that does ribota as well. They're kind of hot plates. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Oh, that is creamy, Josh. Ooh, it is. is yeah, and it's, it is super good. Now, this is a investment bottle. I found it at one of our local liquor stores for $75, $80. This will retail in a lot of places close to 100 if not more, than $100 bottle. Right. So this is one that you invest in, you take your time with. This is not not something you would hand out to just anybody, in my opinion. Thanks for sure. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're going to give it to somebody who's going to enjoy it. Because like I said, there's a lot of nuance to it. But I want to talk a little bit about the history of of this whiskey because the history of this whiskey is the history of Japanese whiskey. So this was so House of Suntory, which is who makes this whiskey. They also make Yamazaki, which is another really really well known high priced. Now that malt was one whiskey. of the things I found with my my studies is that some of these Japanese whiskeys are like. $300. Yeah. $400. Way up in price. And then when I went to the liquor store, I, I did see some of that. Yeah. The Yamazaki, the place I bought this from, does a raffle for their high end whiskeys and bourbons. And the Yamazaki 12 and the Yamazaki 15 are both in that raffle. And the Yamazaki 12 is $130 and the 15 is $150 a bottle, which is kind of on the low end for those. But they take so much care to make it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is kind of why it is. But it was founded. So the House of Suntory was founded in 1899 by a man named Shinjiro Tori. I know this is one of the places. Okay, where Japanese people. We're, we're going to do the best we can. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to. Those of you that speak Japanese, I'm very sorry for what we're, what we're going to say wrong. And feel free to just, you know, send us a message and tell us how to say it correctly. And, and when you see the bottle. Tell us what the Japanese characters are trying to tell us. Right. I researched some, and I still don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful written language, but it, it can be difficult for those of us who don't know how to read it. But he was inspired by Western wine and spirits because around 1899 is when Japan started opening up to the West. Mm. So he was inspired by that. He was inspired by the culture that was around the whiskey. And the rituals and, you know, how it was taken to be savored and not just something that was, you know, just to be downed. And he started by selling wine. So he imported wine okay, and then sold it to Japan. And with that, you know, the Japanese, Japanese flavor profiles in their food, while they can go with wine, they're not really, especially classical Japanese, they're not really made... To focus in wine. So he had to mm. kind of train people of what, how to taste, how to properly handle stuff. Yeah. And, in, you know, he, he got kind of tired of that. While he was still doing importing, he tried to, you know, train the Japanese palate. But he decided, he decided to start creating. And while he's importing scotch and whiskey 
and other in wine. He actually created his own port in 1905 from Spanish wine. Oh, really? And then served it out. Yeah. So he t- brought in the Spanish wine and then fortified it himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how he got started. I think let's go ahead and get in the pairing and then I'll kind of continue well, the story. I've tried the nuts. You know, I'm not real a, a big pistachio person. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, pistachios don't have as much earthy characteristic as a pecan, walnut. So they're sweeter. But they do seem to pair well with this whiskey because it draws out some of the sweetness of the whiskey. And I, I get more of that nut flavor. Well, I've got nuts in my mouth, so I'm getting nuts in my mouth. But I think I'm getting more of the nut flavor that I think you described at the beginning of the whiskey. Right. And I am definitely get the honey because the honey and these nuts and the whiskey seem to go well. Right. So it definitely is, like you said, pistachio is a little bit more of a meaty, meaty mm-hmm. kind of nut. And when you have that with the whiskey, it does accentuate the, the, the nutty quality of this. And it allows for that sweetness to kind of hang around. Now, I also, in the back end, get a little bit more smoke off of it. Mm. Just a little bit. It's, but it's like it's present where it wasn't mm-hmm. before. Mm. And so I'm going to go ahead and actually bloom mine. I haven't done that yet. For those, for those of you who have, who have not been on a uh, whiskey podcast with us, we do a thing called blooming when it comes to whiskey, where we put a little bit of water in it. And what that does is it allows things to kind of open up in the glass itself when you can get some other esters and things as that water kind of just releases it out of the whiskey itself. So now I'm getting more floral. Oh, yeah. A lot more floral. I don't know what the Japanese equivalent to jasmine would be, but that's what it is. Be jasmine. <laughs> I mean, well, come on, jasmine <laughs> green tea. Think yeah. about that. But. Yeah, so while you're tasting this, a little bit more of the history. So the first distillery that he created was the Yamazaki Distillery. Hmm. And it was built outside of Kyoto Kyoto in 1923. He had tried to blend others' whiskeys to make his own, but he decided that he needed to distill himself. And Suntory Whiskey came out in 1937. It was the first fully authentic Japanese whiskey. Mm. And he marketed it and created it to the Japanese palate. So when I talk about how this is very subtle and very nuanced, it's on purpose. Mm -hmm. Because they try and match the culture and the idea and the ethos of Japan Mm -hmm. in it. And if you've ever looked into or studied to Japan, they're very ritualistic. They're also very subtle. They're not a loud, brash culture most of the time. No. and they blend this whiskey to be that harmony, that coming mm-hmm. together. And I think it's a fantastic whiskey. Like it's so light and honey and floral and just has that nice play where everything comes together to make sense. Mm-hmm. Nothing in this whiskey to me seems out of place. And I think that's why it's difficult to kind of just go through. And that's why I'm saying this is a whiskey that, you don't want to just give anybody, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You want to either give somebody who knows how to drink whiskey and is is into whiskey, mm-hmm. or somebody who is searching mm-hmm. and they want to try and they want to learn. But somebody who just drinks whiskey just to drink it, mixes it, 
Like this is not really their thing. It's, it's some of the like some of the higher end scotches you wouldn't want to just give to anybody and say, "Hey, try the scotch," because it's not going to be the great thing. Because like you said, if you don't dive into it, it comes across hot. Mm-hmm. It comes across like there's not much going on except the mouthfeel of it. So I, I I am like I'm all in for this whiskey, and I've so, I just tried it a couple of days ago. And from the first sip, I was like, this is absolutely amazing. And I get why people go crazy over Japanese yeah. whiskey. So the creaminess is much lighter now Now we've loomed it. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be much sweeter. Are you noticing that? Now, when you say sweet, are you meaning like sugary and like honey-y? Like honey or syrup okay. or molasses. So no, it's not sugar. What do you think? I, I, I don't get that. Okay. I don't well, get that. For me, the so listeners, you know, here we are, two people, and we're not getting exactly the same thing. So right. if you're sitting with somebody and you're trying out some Japanese whiskey or some Scotch whiskey or or some wine or some whatever, and you're not getting what your person that is right next to you is getting, no problem. It's whatever you taste. Yeah. Everybody's palate is some difference. And I get... What I get out of it is I get more of the back end development that smoke. Mm-hmm. I get more of that light extra smokiness, but it's still in balance with the honey, with the mm-hmm. light floral, with that meaty, creamy kind of texture yeah. that's there. Oh, that's still there. How does it go with the rib? It goes very well with the rib. And that's why I went to the talking about sweet, because that rib has a lot of sweetness. And that's why maybe I was getting the sweetness that you weren't yet getting because I've been eating I've been chomping while you've been talking. <laughs> and so that is so that is a sweet rib. So these ribs, like I said, are from a local from actually a local sushi restaurant that does some higher end hot foods as well, called Robota. And these are their ponzu ribs. So they've got a lot of that like poison and ponzu, which is a little bit sweeter of a sticky sauce to it, which kind of is like a... Like That's a, why you needed a napkin, right? Right. <laughs> it's kind of like a higher end, um, you know, red Chinese rib that you can get from takeout places. Mm-hmm. It's kind mm-hmm. of where I was thinking with this. <laughs> um, so I think like you're saying that meaty sweetness is what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. That would pair with this. Pairs very well. If you can't tell, we like ribs in this house. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. I see what you're saying about the sweetness now. Okay. Because it really is that rib and the sauce Mm -hmm. that brings out more of the the honey characteristic. Yeah. Or like... I said syrup, but yeah, honey. A really light kind of maple syrup or like maple Mm -hmm. bacon. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of has that same feeling. Ooh, that'd be a good pairing. I don't know. It may go, may jump a little bit farther. I don't know. It probably would be. I almost, I almost did some like pork belly ramen. Ooh, I just didn't have the time to mm-hmm. time to make it. And um, I was also thinking about doing it with our the podcast with the with the captain. So I didn't want to jump and do it a couple times right in a row. If I did, so. But this is, you know, you know, like I said, talking a little bit more about this whiskey is, you know, they're really trying to reflect 
the this is coming from their website the spirit of japan which is a a relentless pursuit for perfection meticulous attention to detail Mm. and commit and commitment to quality Mm -hmm. and i i can kind of you can kind of see that Mm -hmm. when you drink this whiskey if you look at the bottle the bottle is just stunning by itself but there are actually a glass top isn't it? it's a glass bottle with a glass top and there are indentions in it and there are 24 indentions that symbolize one hour of each day. Oh, my goodness. Is, which is why it, it comes into full It's full It doesn't harmony. look like the sectioning bottle, but it has the the shape, mm-hmm. kind of the shape. Not quite, but, I mean, 24 indentions, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, where the... Uh, so, they know, spent money making that bottle. Yeah, where the sexton is, you know, I think a hexagon or an octagon, mm-hmm. this is a 24-gon. Whatever that is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> twenty. It's just a twenty-four gun. Remember? Yeah, right. But one of the th- you know a little bit more about this while you go ahead and get into the that creme brulee. So now, was it what kind of creme brulee? Is? It's an orange vanilla creme. Brulee. Yeah, it's not chocolate. No, it's orange vanilla. So the haibiki haibiki actually means harmony in Japanese, and they <laughs> got to break that sugar. They actually make their own barrels in-house. They use three different types of oak, and one of them is actually Japanese oak. Okay. The place they source their water from is considered a precious site um, by the government of Japan. So it's got a protected site. And they call those... But then when they're blending and they're making this, they use 100 different types of malt. What? Yeah. So they're they're very meticulous about this about this whiskey and i'm sure they're about all their whiskeys but they really dive into it with this high beaky line and like i said this one is actually unage designated but they have a 13 year and a 17 year in this same line as well and i can't even imagine what those taste like they have to be now this is out of this world yeah this is not non-age designated Mm -hmm. so what are you getting with the uh, creme brulee i had to take a sip of water because it was very sweet and you said it's lemon? Orange. Orange. Kind of caught me off guard on the question. <laughs> I'll edit that out. So now I'm getting now I'm getting more of the floral. And more, for some reason, I don't know why I would get more smoke. It's the sweetness. But you're right. Because of that sweetness, I'm getting the smoke. So we've talked about it before. Now, what did you say about what kind of barrels? You said Japanese barrels, but how long... It didn't say how long right, because it's blended. Un, yeah, because this is, yeah. And it's Mine un- is too, so it never said. And it's unage designated. But, you know, I they, think they'd have a minimum. Yeah, I'm and sure, I I'm sure it would be, either. <laughs> a, you know, at least a year or two, just mm-hmm. so based on the color. Mm-hmm. But, well, yours is long. Dirt, yours is darker than mine, but so that meant it's probably in there longer. Right. But, I mean, I'm sure they blend from a bunch of years, so they just, mm-hmm. they just leave it off. But with, going back to the why the smoke's coming out more, we've talked about it before a lot when we do desserts. You have to be careful with the sweetness of the dessert and the sweetness of what you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Because if the sweetness of what you're drinking is not over the sweetness of what you're eating, it will present more bitter. Mm-hmm. And I think with this, it's presenting more of that smoke, mm-hmm. the smoke level. But I think this is fantastic because when I first tasted this, it reminded me of something else I ate, the whiskey itself. Have you ever had orange blossom honey? They're honey made like specifically from orange blossom 
like bees who I'm sure we've bought it, but not recently. It tastes like orange flowers. Okay. So when I had that immediate thought, I was like, oh my gosh, orange orange would go so well with this mm-hmm. whiskey. And I that's why I went ahead and jumped to this orange creme brulee. Now this orange creme brulee to me tastes like an orange cream soda. Mm-hmm. So if you have an orange cream sickle lying around your house and you don't you don't feel like making creme brulee or you have a little bit of orange cream soda, you could still have kind of the same experience without having this specific dessert. Because it's really that orange play, the cream play, the sweetness play, which will come in and give your palate that the experience of the of the blend, which I just think is fantastic. <laughs> Again, you've done your your homework on pairings. Now, did they have on their website certain pairings that you could choose? Kind of. So, when I was going through the House of Centauri site, I found their pairing section. And it was, you know, depending, the different whiskeys can pair with different things, you know, different lines we have. So, they're like, the Yamazakis do these five semi-specific things. The Centauri Tori or to, uh, Tork, uh, Tokai, I think is what they call it, um, which is their like kind of low-end blended whiskey. Do this and this and this. For this other line, do this and this and this. The Hayabiki line pairs with pretty much anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, that was actually what it said. <laughs> pairs with, um, I think it said it pairs with almost anything. I'm right. just like, ugh, <laughs> you're not helping me out at all. Really? And there wasn't actually a lot out there on... On what to pair with Japanese whiskey specifically. Right. There's lots of pair with scotch or right. other whiskeys. So I had to kind of figure it out myself and kind of, and that's why I tasted it. Kind right, of which, a, is, which is fun. Right. And I, you know. This is really tough homework. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> it's time consuming, but somebody's got to do it. We, we are more than happy to take care of this. Take care of this for you. Yeah. Feel, I mean, feel free to send us in. Any questions you have about what do you think of pairing? If you're right. now that the world is starting to open back up and exactly. you may be having people over, if you're wondering right. what to serve right. with the food you're doing, just that give us a you know, give us a said give us a call, but you know, <laughs> send us an email at acquiredtastings at gmail or you know shoot us uh, shoot us a message on Instagram. Right, that's a very good whiskey. Yes, it is. It is absolutely, and you got a good price on it. I think. Yes, I did. I'm. From my research, I got a good price on it, which is why I did it. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I mean, do you have any other questions for me about this whiskey? or Where exactly did you say it was made? So, I'm not exactly sure. So, House of Suntory has three different distilleries. Mm. And I think this whiskey comes, is blended from whiskeys that they make in all three distilleries. Because it never says which is their distillery. Now, the one that people know of, Yamazaki, that distillery is outside of Kyoto. Okay, okay. So I'd assume they're all kind of around that area. But they also make a gin and a vodka. Oh, really? Yeah, so when we decided to do this, we were like, oh, let's do Japanese liquors. Mm -hmm. And we're like, well, what else do they do? So we decided to make a Japanese whiskey. But now knowing it's out there, you know, there's a little gin, which would be very interesting of how they decided to, you know, do a restrained gin. Yeah, that would be interesting. And then also a, a vodka. Well, are you ready to sort of move over? Or sure. You want, you want to 
pause it and eat a while? No, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to finish this rib and you can start talking. Okay. So, like I said, my whiskey is Tenjanku. T-E-N-J-A-N-K-U. Tenjanku. Mm-hmm. And I have for pairings, I have some sushi. What type of sushi do you have? It is what they call spicy tuna. And it's a it's a roll. Yeah. And then I have the Canterbury pastry that, it, like you said earlier, was in baked in the oven. And then I had steak, and I did on the grill. How did, now, you, how did you season the steak? Like I normally do, but I did put, normally I use olive oil, which I did. But I have some sesame seed oil that I kind of added to it, kind of to get, that's sort of, to me, that's a Japanese kind of flair. Mm-hmm. And then I, I used our garlic pepper. Okay. So, and a little little salt. So, very simple. So, interesting story. I go I go to the Kroger's and I go up to the sushi bar and the guy, he's kind of busy not looking at me. And I kind of give a wave and the young lady sees me and then she points to him and then he comes over and I say, what sushi should I pair with? Japanese whiskey. Hmm? <laughs> so, he was really totally clueless. Now, he wasn't Japanese to begin with. Right. And, you know, sushi can be Japanese or it can be Chinese or it can be Korean. So. Right. And most of the time when you pair, when you pair sushi, you pair sake. Mm-hmm. Or you pair sparkling wine with it. Sparkling mm-hmm. wine goes really, really well mm-hmm. with uh, sushi. Well, that's for another show. Yeah. So that's just an interesting story. Uh, so it says on their website, the people and the environment are the heart and the soul of our brand. I kind of like that. You know, they're they're also showing different things of, you know... The home of this Janaku, Janku, is it's created in a city of Fu Fuji, F U E F U K I, and so it's located at, and it gives all this, it gives the exact location, but it's near, you know, Mount Fuji. Okay. So, what they do is. The water that they get for this whiskey, they get from underground that is filtered through volcanic areas. And so it made me think of hot springs. Right. You know, we've got hot springs, volcanic water that might be the best in the world to make some whiskey. Right. But nobody, nobody's done that yet. I, I don't... So... Superior, they've made some gin. Yeah. And I don't know that it's all that. I don't know. I've, I've, never, tried I've never tried it. So have you tried a pairing yet? We, no, I haven't. You know, you can do them in any order, but I think the sushi at first. I'm, I am not feeling brave tonight. Oh, So I'm okay. going to let you do the sushi. But because of that, I'm going to try, I'm going to try your whiskey with the rib. Mm. Just to give another, a, a protein pairing, another protein pairing. Okay. Kind of that you've got going. So I'm going to. I'm going to go ahead and kind of sniff it first. Mm-hmm. I've been snacking just because I'm hungry. 
So this has like it's a lot this, lighter in color, but it, the smell reminds me of sake. There's something about the yeast that's used in sake, that koji ko, uh, koji yeast, mm-hmm. which is used with the rice to ferment. Get a really sweet smell. Right? Yeah, and it's almost like it almost gets to that sweet banana, which is a thing for me when it comes to sushi. Mm-hmm. So, do they use? It, did it talk about their mash bill with this? Did it talk about is there rice in it or do they? They didn't say that, but that was one of the things I found on other websites that right. they said you really should watch out because a lot of the Japanese whiskeys are really have a lot of rice in their grain bill. Right. And maybe this one does. It just doesn't say it on the website. Yeah. The other thing, it could they could just be using the yeast. Right. That same yeast could be present when it comes to the creation because you're getting some of those same flavors, or at least the smells that come from that come from the that yeast that's done that's in sake, which was fascinating to me. Right, and I think it could make it taste really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it smells it's it smells like sake to me. Did you try the real beer? No, I'm going to try the whiskey first before oh, I go okay. to the food, oh, and okay. before I go to any pairing. I'm going to try the whiskey by itself. Well, what do you think about the? I mean, the legs. It's it's 40 ABV, so mm-hmm. a little bit less than yours. Wow. And it's definitely lighter in color. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, so initially, this to me tastes like a blended Scotch. And a like Domanginjo sake. Oh yeah, had a baby. See, I've not had a sake. I don't think I've ever tasted sake. Well, we'll have to do. A, I know I have. You probably had hot sake, which is not good. Sake. I, I know I have. So I didn't. We'll, have, we'll definitely have to do a sake. A sake. I know you've had sake because you've done a sake tasting at Crush. Oh, we did. That's we right. did it once. So it's really hard to describe. Okay, so beer people. You know you have the banana esters mm-hmm. and those sweet tropical esters that come from Belgian beers a lot of right, times. Right, Wine people, it's it's a super tropical kind of feeling. Bourbon people, watch out. <laughs> know you're know you're coming to something that's not a normal whiskey. They're not what you're used to as oh, no. a whiskey. Oh no, this is nothing like bourbon. Right, but it's nothing like scotch either. It's, in my opinion, it's nothing like what we just had. Mm-hmm. So coming to this, so coming to this with an open mind and a fresh, a fresh understanding of what you're going to get yourself, what you're going to be tasting, mm-hmm. can keep you from just going, "That's gross," or "I don't, I don't want this anymore," kind of thing. It can actually let you experience it for what it is, mm-hmm. because it's good. Yeah, I mean, I tried it the other night too. And I had a couple sips, and then a couple more sips. <laughs> so this, I think, would actually go really well with the sushi, because it has some of those same characteristics. It, it does go very well of, with sushi of sake. Oh, that's fascinating. Now I hadn't tried wasabi with it. Well, that just kill your palate. Mm. So how does it pair with the? Talk about the pairing with the with the sushi once you're done with what's in your mouth. So sushi to me, the rice. And then whatever they've wrapped, 
and this does not have the seaweed around it. This is just rice wrapped around a little tuna, and this is uncooked. So, and that that's the rest of the story with the guy that I was talking to. He says, "This is the uncooked, and this is the cooked." <laughs> that was the best he could come up with. But you get that sweetness of the rice, and you get the sweetness of the tuna. And so I'm getting the sweetness of those with this whiskey. Does any of the spice does any of the spiciness come through from the tuna? No. No. There's not really a there's no spiciness of the tuna. It's just you know, it's just a sliver of tuna. Okay. Well, I mean you said it was a spicy tuna roll. Well That's what why it, I was what, asking. Okay, you said tuna and I answered the question exactly. So you see on the on the roll itself, yeah, they've got some kind of spicy sauce or or peppers or something. Okay. And that's the spiciness of the of the sushi. Okay. And it goes really well with this this whiskey. Yeah. So the rib goes well as well. The ponzu ponzu. Yeah. The, it goes well with the ponzu rib, but it's because of its whiskey side. So like the earthiness, the the nuttiness that's there, which I didn't really mention because I was so overtaken and so surprised by the sake side of it, that it is kind of what pairs well with it. So you still have some of that same kind of honey and nutty earthiness, but you also just have this like tropical sake-ness. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. That's fine. You know, this... Uh... On the website, it talks about their their person that actually does the blending, and I think that's an art. Oh yeah, how to blend different whiskeys together to get your your particular bottle that you're going to want and sell. And so they use words like exquisite and harmonious and balanced, and you know I get all that, and it's I think this is. I'm going to take a little water and bloom it and see what happens. Have you tried that? Not yet. Now, have you tried the camembert? Yes. So, the cam- what the camembert does to me, so camembert has that, like, corny, funky-ness to it that you get from the cheese. And it kind of takes out a lot of that tropicalness. Oh, okay. So, you this now, it to me, now it tastes like whiskey. Mm. It tastes like... A blended whiskey. Mm. You have that um, earthy smokiness with a sweet, you know, with kind of a honey, with a honeyed sweetness and a, mm-hmm. more of that nutty barley kind of flavor to mm-hmm. it, which is interesting that that funk just kind of kills out all that, kills out all that stuff. Kills out the sake? Mm-hmm. Just took a taste of it myself. Oh, yeah. Now we got whiskey. Now it tastes like a whiskey. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste like anything else, but it tastes like a whiskey now. And I bloomed it, and, you know, it's it's very nice. There's not a whole lot of floral with it. No. Not that I could tell. Yeah. Blooming it makes it smell more like sake. Yeah. The website goes there. With countless tastings and smelling sessions, the master blender... Wouldn't that be a great job? 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be. If we've said you that. You spit a lot of it, but because otherwise you'd just be, you know, hammered. Mm-hmm. But any type of any type of blender, whether it's a wine or a beer or especially like you're saying, whiskey and spirits blenders, they it's it's such an it's an art form, like you said. There's no other way around it. With meticulous attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And then he shows a picture of a big old T bone steak <laughs> next to the whiskey. <laughs> nothing wrong with that, right? Nope. Nothing wrong with steak and whiskey. I mean, tale as old as time. All the way back to the cowboys. Well, you're trying it. What do you think? I don't know. I'm just eating this tape right now. Okay. So the, you said this comes from around Mount Fuji? Yeah. I don't know a lot about Mount Fuji. Is it volcanic or it Yes, was? it is a volcano. Yeah. It's so that's why they were saying that water was yeah. filtered through. I think it's technically part of the Ring of Fire. The Pacific mm. Ring of Fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever been to Japan? No, I haven't. Is it on y'all's list? Not really. I've never really been that enamored with wanting to go. So on the uh, cocktail page, they have a Kanku old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. Not exactly the way I make mine, but, you know, three ounces of the whiskey and a half a teaspoon of white sugar and two dashes of bitters. That'll do it. That'll do it. So the uh, the whiskey and the steak pairing, it's good. It takes the it puts the whiskey back in kind of that middle where you're still getting that nice um, barley taste of the. I say barley because it's what I think of when I think of whiskey. Mm-hmm. You get kind of that taste, and it mellows it out a little bit. Oh, okay. It uh, kind of mutes. Uh, mute, mutes the flavor is not really right. It goes. It goes pretty well together, in my opinion. That limoniness, that citrusiness that's with the pepper, plays very nicely with this whiskey. Yeah, I'm tasting it right now. I have to agree with you. Now I don't know why. You know, they're talking about the water, and I don't know how they know it's 250 meters below the fertile ground. Well, they probably had to dig a well. I guess so. Well down to the aquifer. But, you know, that's the most one of the most important things about whether it's whiskey, whether it's wine, whether it's beer, is your water. Yeah. It imparts so much to whatever it is. Just in the chair. Yes, it does. It is, it is an element of the of the spirit itself for the beer. And that's why a lot of places make it such a big deal. Like, you know, there are people that say, if you're going to have ice or water with your bourbon, you need to use limestone water. Because oh, it's yeah. limestone uh-huh. water that goes into the distillation of Kentucky bourbon. Right. Kentucky bourbons. And I'm, you know, I've never, ta- I've never tested that theory. But I do know that there are some places that sell, like, limestone water that you can use to put in your bourbon. Well, as a home brewer, we'd put in we'd put in some chemicals to make it, our water would convert to the limestone water. <laughs> oh. Put in some gypsum. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he's got a rating here on their website. It says 91 points. Say, by whom? The Beverage Tasting Corporation or something like that. <laughs> okay. 
Kenji Wallaby. That's the, you know, blender extraordinaire. Does it does it say anything about the barrels that they use for it? I saw that somewhere, and I think it again it was like yours, the Japanese oak. I can't imagine them wanting to buy American oak. Yeah, they definitely could. I mean, they could buy used barrels, you know, used bourbon barrels. Yeah. There's not a whole lot on this website. Okay. Well, do you want to go ahead and move on to uh, best on plate? All right, best on plate. So uh, what do you think was best on your plate? Well, that's a good question. I, I always liked sushi. Mm-hmm. Did you even try it? Told you I wasn't. Remember, I, oh, did, okay. remember I, did, I did the rib. I like the Canberra cheese pastry because it, it gave that cheesiness that you expect. And <laughs> it's ironic. I decided what my pairings were going to be. And then I started researching for my notes. Mm-hmm. And it was like, boom, sushi. Boom, Canterbury or Brie. Boom, steak. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I did it. You knew what you were what doing. About, what about best on my plate for you? I think it was the steak. Okay. The steak, I think, was the best. The camembert was a very interesting pairing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like that funkiness. Yeah, the funkiness just killing the the stuff that I kept saying reminded me of sake. It was It was very, very fascinating to me. All right, what about on my plate? The rib. The rib? I mean... Uh, the cream brulee was good. The rib, I think, went better with or your whiskey than the cream brulee. Okay, mine. I like the cream brulee. Yeah, for me, it was for me, it was definitely the cream brulee. The, oh, okay. the orange played exactly. The orange Indeed. and the vanilla played exactly with what I was expecting it to do, and you know, I I think it kind of took both of them to a to a new place, which was kind of what I look for when I come to. Favorite pairing. Now, because we're not Japanese, I'm not sure we can answer this question, but what did you think they would have paired with these two different whiskeys? I honestly don't know. I don't either. You know. Uh, the sake. I mean, the, the, the sushi. Uh, sushi. I actually don't know if they would have paired sushi with whiskey. Because well, it was on his notes here. Well, I, I get that. I get that. But and I think your rib was probably a good representation of a Japanese rib. Yeah. So there's a there's an interesting east west play that happens in Japan. Mm-hmm. So it may have been some of the same stuff that we have had because they have places where a lot of this is going to be served is going to be a little bit more western, mm-hmm. western in style. I don't see mine being served with sushi. I could see it being served with a seafood dish. But maybe more of a crab or a like a fish soup. Maybe. Or just, you know, you know, a and it's just a nice boiled crab. Like king crab or something like that. Or you know, not, I'm not too familiar with Japanese food. Neither one of us are. Um, so I don't know if I could answer that really well. But I think I think we have some listeners in Japan, don't we? I don't remember. Did that show up? It may have. I don't remember. Well, if, if we do and you're listening, let, let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know which, or anybody, let us know what you would pair with these whiskeys if you've ever mm-hmm. had them before. Because it's just a, 
you know it's a new it's a new experience and takes a lot of a lot of time to figure out one of the things that came up in the ritual part of looking at the high beaky whiskey is a lot of times they serve their whiskey on ice yeah i got on this website they've got a while you were talking and i was just sitting here watching the website they're just pouring this whiskey on ice pouring this whiskey on ice i mean that's that's their thing right and one of the things that I saw in mine was, and I've seen it also in just higher end cocktail bars in Japan, are handmade ice spheres. So they take a, they take a large like a four by four by four mm-hmm. cube of ice, mm-hmm. and they use a three pronged ice pick. Oh, okay. And they make hand shave a ball. Yeah. Out of it, and they serve the the whiskey on top of it. They're also known to serve this with like mineral sparkling mineral water for like club soda right to make a highball out of yeah i'd have to look it up but they had a special name a japanese name for whiskey and water yeah so it was in my notes but you know so that's one of the things that you may notice a lot is that it's served with on ice or with water which we didn't really do either one but i think it would kind of open up the mm-hmm. whiskey and everything mm-hmm. so all right well are we ready to head into the blind now sure we are all right all right all right i'm using the systematic approach to tasting spirits from the wine and spirits education trust and their level three tasting sheet so this liquor is a clear liquor there's no haziness to it its color is a very, very light amber, um, almost to a pale orange, I would say. Yeah. There's no real kind of a little bit of yellowiness to it. Nothing seems to be out of sort when it comes to the legs or anything like that. All right, this is a clean smelling liquor. There's no real, nothing that's like super, super jumping out at me. It's pretty... I'd say it's kind of medium in its aroma intensity. Getting a little bit of burniness. A little bit of burniness on the nose, so the alcohol is going to be up there. as to be expected when it comes to a liquor. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Ooh, what? Um, <coughs> um, it's a little rough. Um, a little rough on it. Flavor intensity is kind of medium. Um, man. So what do you mean Ooh. with rough? Well, uh, the opposite of smooth. It's <laughs> it's hot. It's ragged around the edges. It's the it's coming. It's coming at me hard, but it's I can't tell if it's alcohol or the flavor that's kind of biting at me. Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> so I'm gonna bloom this because I'm not exactly sure what all is going on. There's some kind of like spiciness to it. Yeah, but, you've had it before, but it's not cinnamon. It's not like it's cinnamon spiciness. It's not like it, almost like it's like all spicy, but I'm not sure what's going on here. There may be some oak maturation on this because of the color and then that like spiciness to it. Can't quite tell yet what it's distilled from. Trying to narrow it down. Awesome. Trying to do it. Working on it, yeah. Okay. Okay. So now that it's bloomed, getting a little bit more of a kind of a 
a citrusy, a juniperiness, a yeah, junipery allspice kind of flavor to it. Oh yeah. Okay. It's a lot better once it's bloomed. It's got a little bit of liquid. A little water into it kind of opens it up a good bit. And the finish on this is kind of, uh, it's kind of complex, slightly complex. And it's a little, I'd say it's medium minus. It's not, doesn't go too, too long. It doesn't, it doesn't just disappear right away. Um, Spice notes, right? Yeah. A lot of kind of spiciness to it. Um, I think this is a barrel aged gin. Hmm. It's given me those ginny flavors and then okay. the color shows me that it's kind of barrel aged. It's not something I particularly enjoy, which is another reason that's making me think that it might be a gin. Okay. Kind of a gin base. So barrel aged gin. Yep. So I'm I say Any guess as to who? Well, the only one that we have in your bar is the Rocktown Brandon's barrel aged gin. It's the only one that I know of that you have. All right. So are you gonna stick with that? You know, yes, I'm going to stick with that. It's the Rocktown Barrel Aged Gin. All right, there you have it. Yeah, and so it's we're man, we're already up to a cocktail week already. Yeah. So we're get, jumping straight into kind of summer. So, Dad, what are you going to be doing as your cocktail? I'm doing an Ancient Mariner. An Ancient Mariner. It's, it's a, a rum drink. Oh, rum. Why is all the rum gone? As Jack Sparrow would say. Yeah, where'd all the room go? All right, and then I'm going to be doing a classic mojito. All right. I'm, I'm doing a classic mojito. I might might move it into a little bit of a smash area, but I think I'm going to go ahead and just... Yeah, you first said smash. Yeah, I did, but I just kind of changed my mind thinking about it being summer, and I think it's going to be really good. So it may be a mojito. It may be a smash. Well, you'll have to come back and find out. Come back and find out. Well, Dan, another great episode in the books. Yeah. This was this was lots of fun. I'm, I'm this glad. This is like number 48. We're coming up on a year. We're, we are getting there. You know, beginning of July was a was a year for us. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, you know, follow, as we say all the time, you know, if you like us, give us a like, give us some stars. If you don't like us, tell us why. Give us a review of what you like, what you don't like, and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a download, and we'll see you out there on Instagram, at Acquired Tastings, on Twitter, at Acquired Tasting, and Facebook, at We Are Acquired Tastings. So once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, and goodbye.